0: So, oh, hello and welcome to Conversations to Connect. My name is Christy, and I am honored to be joined here by my dear friend and teacher mentor, Max Strom. Max is a three times TEDx speaker, an author, and global breath work teacher known for teaching breathing patterns for personal transformation worldwide. So, welcome, Max.
1: Hello, Christy. Good to be with you.
0: Good to be with you, too. So I'm happy to be speaking with one of my favorite people about undoubtedly one of my favorite topics, mm-hmm. boundaries. So um, I'd like to get started in talking about a little bit about what are boundaries and why do we need them? I um, I recently have been reading a book about boundaries and I gave one to my mother Because as we know, we need the most boundaries with family members. And he looked at this book and said, well, who do I need boundaries with? (laughs) (laughs) And I said, everyone read the book.
1: (laughs) That's very funny.
0: So I know, Max, you have a great workshop about boundaries. So I'd like to dive right in here with,
1: with
0: you about what are these things called boundaries and why do we need them for my mother and others?
1: I find the subject of boundaries uh, infinitely interesting and really crucial for our personal development, and what that means in a concrete way is how do we get along with other people? You know Are we having successful relationships or drama all the time? Mm-hmm. So um, I don't have a formal definition, but my definition of boundaries is um, well, it goes something like this. At some point in our life as an adult, we have to decide how we want to behave with other people and how we want them to behave with us, a criteria which we then use terms like appropriate behavior or inappropriate behavior. But that's really based on what we deem to be appropriate. Now, what I like to say is if if you have trouble um, identifying what your um, boundaries are, just think about how you want people to treat you and write that down. And then that's probably how you should treat other people. So it's really an ethics conversation. But boundaries, I would say, are one side group of ethics. Uh, Ethics is a larger conversation. So boundaries, to me, means um, that I don't allow people to abuse me. I don't allow people to abuse me. And I respond in a way that doesn't exacerbate it, Mm. but maybe even diffuses the situation. Um, because if someone abuses me, whether it's verbally or in any other way, that doesn't give me the right to then become a bully. Also, if someone's a bully, that doesn't give me the right to be a bully. back. that's not, that's not how you solve bully, bullying, mm-hmm. as they say in grammar school. So I want to respond in an appropriate way where I can make it clear that this is a boundary that's been crossed and do it in a constructive way so that if the relationship Is something I want to continue. We can work out how to um, negotiate that next time. But there's another side of boundaries that is often not discussed, which I think is equally interesting. Is well, what are my boundaries in terms of how I treat other people? Like you were just talking about your mother in that book. Uh, You know, for example, the my favorite um, phrase in this is, "Do I protect other people from my anger?" or when i get angry does that give me license to say and do whatever i want so as i like to say a really good wedding vow to add to the list would be i promise to always protect you from my anger
0: well that's an interesting concept (laughs) because i think that uh, oftentimes people might mistreat another person and go back and say well i was going through xyz here's the reason why i I acted in a way that was inappropriate or abusive.
1: Right. Exactly so.
0: So are you saying that people's boundaries may vary? Like pe- your boundaries might be different from my boundaries?
1: Yes. Uh, boundaries are, are personal. I think there is some universality in them. I think everybody likes to be treated with a, a matter of kindness. People like um, to be respected. Mm-hmm. People like you to keep their word with them, you know, even, even in the, especially in the criminal world, the gangs, keeping your word is everything. Yeah. They'll kill you if you, you don't do it. It's the big thing. So even whether you're in a, a monastery or a prison, keeping your word is critical in terms of people uh, um, trusting you. And also, also it's a sign of respect to mm-hmm. keep your word. So I, I think these things are universal, but yes, we do have um your for example your boundaries might be shaped a little bit differently than mine Mm -hmm. but what's really interesting of course is i I would say everybody has two sets of ethics and two sets of boundaries which is the one set is the one when we're feeling good and the other is when we're upset Mm -hmm. so our ethics can take a radical turn when we do things that we don't believe in when we uh, are upset
0: Mm -hmm.
1: or hungry Right. <laughs> <laughs> or, or tired.
0: Is a true is a yes. true thing. That's that's for sure.
1: Yes. Assuming and wait, for, just... for, for those who don't know what that that is, because there'll be two or three yeah. that won't know what that is. Angry is hungry, angry, lonely, tired. And it, so it means halt. And that's yes. generally when people, if they're going to act out, for example, if they're addicts, I mean, they, they may fall off the wagon. it's going to be when there's a combination of those things happening.
0: I thought of an example where it is, you know it's our responsibility to take care of our needs so that we don't act out in those ways. Yes. If I haven't taken care of myself and gotten enough rest or eaten something that's not your problem to have to deal with
1: that's right mm-hmm. it, it, it what could be done then is to say look I'm hungry, angry, lonely and tired I just got home I'm really sorry so I'm gonna stay away from you for a while until I, okay. I'm gonna go take a shower or go for a run or whatever yeah. I'm gonna do do some breathing work. So that when I come back and talk to you because I love you, I'm going to be appropriate. It's my responsibility to take care of my family, my loved ones, regardless of how I feel.
0: Because you brought up breathing, I'd like to kind of explore how can yoga and breath work and mindfulness meditation help us with setting our boundaries?
1: that's a That's a really interesting question. That could be a whole different podcast, really.
0: I was actually gonna start this podcast by saying, this is episode one of 500.
1: <laughs>
0: because boundaries can take all of these uh, yes. these different avenues. but really, I know that taking your teacher training and subsequent workshops has really taught us about like being in tune with what's happening for us internally so Mm -hmm. that we can respond in an appropriate way because we have boundaries with ourselves, right? First and foremost, and then boundaries with other people.
1: That's right. So how can these practices help? Well, so many of us are walking around as like silos of stress. We're we're just these containers of unresolved unexpressed, unforgiven emotions uh, along with the general f- frustrations of daily life all piled on. And so a lot of the times the way we feel, this hungry, angry, lonely, tired, but we could add other words onto that. Uh, frightened, um, terribly anxious, um, depressed, um, self-harming, uh, suicidal thoughts. Um, this is all in the body. The body, uh, this I don't mean this in an airy fair way, but the nervous system is in the body so part of the brain is in the body and when you move the body in good ways such as in yoga you start to release all this tension it's a way of um, uh, resolving it or uh, alleviating i think is a better word alleviating it and breath work is a way of ventilating uh, a lot of the emotions that we have stored as well so when we release all of this and we walk out feeling like a million bucks as they used to say Uh, then uh, we're more apt to behave well. Mm -hmm. Just like if you are really angry with someone and you walk into another office to talk to somebody, you're more apt to be short-tempered with this person who's done nothing. Mm -hmm. Because you carry your anger from one room to the next. Right. A meeting to the next. I know you you understand that. And so, uh, by changing our internal state through these practices, it makes us much easier to get along with and much less likely to act out and cross over someone else's boundaries and the meditation aspect the mindfulness meditation basically is one of the tools we have to know ourselves, to know thyself as the old saying goes where we can start to observe the root causes of some of our um entrained behavioral patterns that are not helpful
0: I'm a pretty visual person. I like to think of it like um, the Drano in the drain. We have this clog and we're literally clearing this yes. pathway so that we can be more, you know, aware. I love at the end of yoga classes or a good therapy session where people just look so relieved. And what other job do you have that people thank you so much after because they're feeling so That's good right. in their own body? That's right. And mm-hmm.
1: That's right. People. Feel so good after yoga and breathing classes that they, even though they've already paid you for the class, will express how grateful they are. Like the, the money is not enough, you know, and you get a, that a lot. So that's how, that's why it's such a great job to do work like this. There, as you said, there aren't many jobs where people respond that way.
0: As a therapist, I use so much like the example that you say about it really being medicine. Mm -hmm. You know, if we, if we had to prescribe something like let's start there rather than covering up emotions with some sort of, and some people do need medication to a certain degree, but to Mm -hmm. really start with the basics, I think it's almost sometimes too easy. It's too easy of a solution.
1: Yes. A lot of times we skip the basics and ask for a a solution to problems, Mm -hmm. you know, like people who don't sleep well, who drink three triple lattes a day you know that's a lot of espresso they're consuming and they're saying can you give me something to help me sleep it's mm-hmm. like, well let's start with your ca- caffeine let's start there yeah other than that i mean other than leave my caffeine alone
0: <laughs> well i love talking about boundaries also because I feel like our generation, I mean, I'm talking to my 11 year old niece about having rights to saying, you know, I don't feel comfortable in this situation, or I don't want to do this thing. I think that a lot of us were raised to be like, oh, just go hug your aunt, go give this person a kiss. Like, don't be rude. Don't be selfish. And that it's really ingrained in us to take care of others' needs above our own so that we're not yes. selfish.
1: <clears throat> That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so there are a lot of us who don't know how to create healthy boundaries, where we, um, in essence, don't feel we have the right to, uh-huh. to to create boundaries that everyone else's needs and everyone else's feelings are foremost, and then we take care of ourselves last. Uh, even in grieving, which I talk a lot about, uh, I work with people sometimes who during a a grief event, let's say it's a big family and one of the, let's say the patriarch dies and people are mourning and they're in bereavement. And the one daughter is looking after everybody. She her Mm -hmm. sisters, her brothers, her mother, but no one's looking after her and she doesn't look after herself either. So which one in the family has the most anxiety? She does. So it's true. And, uh, I think most people who come to a boundaries workshop are those who have problems creating per- basically protection for themselves. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them, once they relax uh, with me up there in my workshop, they will admit that sometimes that they will blow up because they haven't set a boundary a hundred times. In other words, about something that hurts their feelings has happened a hundred times and mm-hmm. then they respond. And then the response is so gigantic that is completely inappropriate and they've done something way worse than the other person did to begin mm-hmm. with. And so you end up apologizing.
0: <laughs> I say that all the time to people. Like if you are talking with other people about how somebody else is treating you, if you are continuously taking something on, you're only building up resentment mm-hmm. to the point where it, what you said it's you're going to blow up rather than addressing yes. something Specific, directly yes. in the moment, people yes. get anxiety about that. Like, yes. I don't want to upset the other person. Yes. I'd re- it's better to just avoid it than to yes. deal with it. Mm-hmm.
1: I think I, I agree. I think a lot of people, uh, me included, I used to be like this. Is um, we feel like if we're going to get in an, a real argument, a real conflict, there's a high chance that the, the relationship will end because that's the kind of re- background that you have. You don't feel like you can have a, a real heated conversation. Then everything is going to be fine. And you have right. lunch together. You think if we fight it's over and I don't want it to be over. So I'll keep my mouth shut. Mm-hmm.
0: That's, that's when I like to remind myself that fear is never real, that our minds create this like grand scheme, all of these stories mm-hmm. around something that might not even be a big deal to the other person. They might say, Oh, Okay. That's, yes. that's also the flip side of the coin.
1: Where yes, people I just absolutely say Why, be, why terrible. didn't you tell me this before? Right. Yes, exactly. So, so um, as I said, a lot of people come to me, uh, I should say they come to these boundary workshops because they want to know how to protect themselves. And so much of it is really basic communication and it, I think it's really useful for people, for all of us, for example, to make a list of emotions uh, and and identify which ones are hard for us to express and um, I've even done this recently with um, having someone describe themselves because I caught that this uh, lady I was working with uh, she there was a button that I, I identified and so I asked her some questions I said are you smart and she and she was a little shy to admit it but she said yes I'm smart Are are you funny yes I'm very funny Uh, Are you kind? Yes, I'm a kind person. Are you attractive? And she just started laughing and got completely uncomfortable because that's her issue is she constantly feels like she's not enough in society that people won't like her if she's not a certain weight and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to point out to her that you didn't respond like that for any of the other questions, just that one. So let's talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. But with the boundaries, it's the same. It's which issues, because it's not all issues. You know, for for example, um, for Robert, maybe he can, he has great boundaries except sexually. He doesn't know how to communicate about that. And someone else has great boundaries except um, cleanliness or whatever So is. We're not all the same in terms of uh, where our boundary issues are based, I think, a lot on the socialization of our families, by our families.
0: Right. And that fear of conflict is such a huge one. Mm -hmm. I can can recall, and I'm embarrassed to say this was later in life that I was started to learn about what these boundaries are, but Mm -hmm. we were actually in the second half of our training with you over in Utrecht. Um, I don't know if you remember the story, you might, but I had rented an Airbnb and the place had a cat.
1: Oh, I (laughs) remember. Yes. (laughs) And I that was thought, a wild story.
0: <laughs> it is a wild story. And I'll try to keep it brief, but the premise is like, we are, I rented this place and she had a cat and I thought, well, this should be okay. I mean, clearly the person knows I'm going to be staying for an extended amount of time. The cat must be fine. And mm. I don't mind cats. And we were good for like three days until I, the cat started to miss its owner and the, <laughs> each day got progressively worse and I wasn't saying anything to the owner and I was just sort of dealing with cleaning up after the cat and then after that fourth day the cat had peed male cat all through my whole luggage and I came into the training so upset because I had to clean all my clothes and you know Cappy is really gross and I was speaking to another uh, friend of mine and she said well, that's not okay. And I was like, well, you know, the owner said she might deal with it later and I'll just wait for her. And she said, no. And she took my (laughs) phone and started sending messages. And, and I thought, oh my gosh, this is going to be terrible. I'm not going to have a place to stay. I'm going to be homeless in another country. And what happened was the woman responded, oh my gosh, like she would have let it go had I just let it go. But as soon as this other person stepped in for my boundaries and said, this is not okay. This is what I expect. If you don't take care of this situation, I'm going to leave. And, Uh and she didn't want that. And I thought, Oh my goodness, like you can be nice and still have boundaries.
1: (laughs) Very much so.
0: Yeah. It's really a sign of taking care of yourself about honoring what's good and right for you.
1: That's exactly right. We need as adults to learn to communicate. We need, we need to say what we mean and mean what we say and say it in a kind but firm way mm-hmm. if, it, if it's a boundary issue and um, and not play any guessing games with, with people anymore for the rest of our life. Yeah. That would be a really Amen. good start. <laughs> yeah. Amen. yeah you know, no more saying the opposite of what you really want or making them guess or not or not speaking to them until they figure out why you're upset. None of that. Just say, this is exactly what I feel. And it can take so few words, actually. Uh,
0: I find this in couples therapy a lot. Like one person will sit there like, well, they should know. They've known me long (laughs) enough. They should know how I'm feeling about this. Or when my body language is this, this means that. It's like, no. I mean, it's much different for somebody to say, this is what you need. And Mm -hmm. I turn away from you. I don't care. Or that they really don't know. Yes. Yeah.
1: Or sometimes uh, your partner will understand that it's an issue, but won't know to the extent. And sometimes if you tell them why. Yeah. You know, which often happens, we'll be shy about talking about the origin story about why this is a button for me to say, you know, it's kind of a button for me um, if you're late. Uh, If that's all you say, Mm -hmm. that's actually not great communication. If it's somebody that you're living with, especially. Yeah. But if you say, my mother used to get drunk and forget to pick me up and I would sit place in places for hours. And so it's really a, kind of a button for me. They're going to hear that completely different than just, you don't like people being late. They're going to realize it was a trauma yep. and you just, you were abused in this way.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: they're going to try harder not to do that.
0: Yeah. I... Well, you and I have talked about different areas of our life where we need boundaries. Can we talk a little bit about that? Because we we touched on, we have boundaries with ourselves. Like hopefully we keep ourselves clean and well-fed.
1: Yes, clean, well-fed and exercise and clean up our house and pay our bills. Those are all boundaries. Those are all um, things we have to assert to make sure they happen.
0: Yes. And within like our relational boundaries, you were just talking about being honest with people about what our feelings are. Yeah. We have like <clears throat> these financial boundaries. We have time boundaries. Yes. That was a big one for me. It would be like, I could, oh, but this is a really exciting thing. And I want to do this. And at the end of the day, not paying attention to how many hours there are in the day. If we're yeah. completely running on empty, there's no way we're going to do anything well.
1: Yes. That's yeah. right, mm-hmm. and if and when one is late habitually it right. it, it uh the others feel disrespected mm-hmm. uh, other people in your life for sure, and respect is a really important aspect of love it's also there's a trust issue as well uh-huh. where uh it makes somebody seem untrustworthy. Mm-hmm. I spent about half of my life being a late person, so I'm really aware of this.,
0: well, can you talk a little bit about that what <clears> what were the yeah. reasons? Mm-hmm.
1: I, I, um, well, similarly, I, I actually have a problem. I, w- I would say it's a, a mental problem with, with time and dates. I've learned to compensate for it, you know, by looking at my calendar multiple times a day to remind myself of what I have to do two hours from now. Mm-hmm. I, 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 like I, at some point during this day, I forgot about this, but I set an alarm on my phone. And when it rings, like, oh, yeah, and I, and I have a half an hour before the meeting, but I do things like that to make up for the fact that I'm not very good with time and dates, mm-hmm. alarms, notes, things like that, two alarm clocks, if it's something really important to get up for. And I think that that's, this... that's a boundary that's taking care okay. of my own issue so I don't put it, on, put it on others.
0: I think that that's so important for people to hear because people say, I'm just that way. Yeah. So we can change anything really yeah,
1: we can we can and, and it, it is selfish because it, it's it's um it is selfish mm-hmm. for example if i'm gonna go meet um for lunch a friend a woman who has children and she gets daycare or she gets some sort of babysitter mm-hmm. she tells the babysitter i'm gonna be gone for two hours and i'm a half an hour late you know, she's going to have to end this at a certain time to get back in time for the, for the, the babysitter or parking. You're paying an extra half an hour of parking in the big cities. That could be $20, you know, or you have other things to do in your life. Right. You don't want to sit there at a restaurant for half an hour on your phone when you could have continued working on your book or played with your children or whatever you stopped doing to be on time. You could have done another half hour of that. And that other person is controlling you and says, no, you're going to sit in that restaurant for half an hour because that's just the way I am.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's, that That's when you, when you lay it out like that, it actually sounds kind of nasty. It does. And
0: that <laughs> is selfish. <clears throat> not setting the boundary, but not giving it to the others yeah. in return. Phones. We need boundaries with our phones. Oh, My boy. goodness. Like talk about another five episodes but notifications what you're getting sucked into and people will flat out say like oh no whether it's youtube facebook whatever articles things that can seemingly be good for us are really Uh, difficult for people to manage we're quite addicted
1: yes but the, the main thing with our phone is how how are we behaving around our friends with our phone is our phone more important? Is a message from anybody else more important than our time with our friend? I, I really believe that if we're going to spend time, quality time with friends, family, that the phone goes off. Mm-hmm. I mean, un- unless you're expecting an emergency phone call, not there might be an emergency, but you know, someone's <laughs> in the hospital right now, um, you know, it used to be in the, in the yoga studios, that the only person that was allowed to have a phone, or in those days, it would have been a um, pager. (laughs) The only person that was allowed to have a pager and then later a phone by their mat, was a surgeon on call. Nobody else.
0: Uh
1: And that that was my, that was my rule. It's like, yeah, you have a good reason to have one. (laughs) They put their towel over it so they wouldn't look at it. Uh And it would only buzz if they were being called into work. Uh Everybody else? No you what what if there's an emergency yeah well they can call the front desk that tell them where you if are there's
0: an emergency is the reason people want kids to have phones in schools and like you said in yoga studios i had a workshop <clears throat> and i said no you just leave the phone and um somebody not even a participant somebody who was at like helping to train said well i mean there could be an emergency i'm like if you can't go three hours without checking your phone, then you shouldn't be at this workshop. If you're, right. if there's something that important that could happen, um, right. I think we've conditioned ourselves to, again, out of fear, yes. this crazy thing is going to be happening. And unless I know about it, it's just yes. that also creates this sense of hyper arousal that we walk around with every day yes. as we check our phone and what we're missing.
1: I went into a a trillion dollar corporation to give a workshop to the executives uh, on breath work to alleviate their stress. And I I met with the 12 um, main executives, sounds like the 12 apostles. And uh, we were in this penthouse um, office, a conference office. And I said, okay, first thing is um, so-and-so here is going to get a box and is going to collect all your phones. And they, there was a stunned silence in the room. And these are the people that are in charge. You know, these are the, the 12 people who run this company. And uh, he went around and collected the phones. And one guy just giggled and said, this will be the longest I've been away from my phone in seven years. And they took the phones out into another room. Mm-hmm. And then we proceeded. And that was it was really shocking to them. That's how addicted we are now. It's almost like an appendage of our body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But let's... But uh, there are so many things to talk about regarding uh, relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think you had another question for me about relationships, didn't you?
0: Um, yeah. I, uh, one of the questions was, you know, can we have different boundaries with different people? You know, um, relationally speaking, I feel like my boundaries with my boss might be different than my boundaries with my spouse, or with my boundaries with my best friend might be different than my boundaries with somebody who's just kind of like an acquaintance, that we don't have to have this universal set of rules that apply to all people. But also, like you had said earlier, we do have some ethical values that we adhere to that go across the board. Um,
1: Well, that's a really interesting question. I believe that if I'm thinking about my own boundaries that they're essentially the same with everybody, but to the degree that I enforce them is what changes according to the relationship. I might be more lenient with someone who has power over me, like an employer, um, than I would be, you know, for example, if you're going to meet with somebody, let's say you have a rule, I'm not going to be ever left at lunch in a restaurant again for a half an hour waiting for somebody but now you're meeting with somebody that's going to potentially invest in your company. Mm. And you think, well, normally I'd leave after 10 minutes, but I'm going to, I'm going to stay here for 30 minutes. So there are times when out of your own self-interest where you are more um, flexible. And then, then the idiosyncrasies of the people sometimes, maybe some people just aren't, um, they just, um, what's the word, Christy? It's a, some people we just don't expect as much from because they uh, have a, a lot of trouble just living in this world. Mm. And so we'll let them get away with a little bit more than we would with someone else who's more like an adult, you know?
0: And I think in those cases, in the back of our head, we don't trust those people as much, you know, That's it's right, like we don't. We, you might make an excuse or uh, like, yes. this is the reason why it's happening, but you're not, you know, at the same level as trust which is an, a good way to lead into what about those difficult people? Because I mean, my goodness, there are just people that aren't going to respect your boundaries. I'll give a quick example. Um, I was recently in Arizona visiting and um, a couple of my friends were there as well. And they were going to take a drive to the grand Canyon to see the grand Canyon and turn around and come back. And so this was hours of a trip. And I had this feeling I, and when I kind of sat with myself, I was like, I really don't want to take this drive. I would rather sit by the pool and do some other things and relax. And I got so worried about telling this couple, I don't want to go. And (laughs) then, you know, I thought, well, they don't care. Like if they want to go, they can go. That's, that's perfectly fine. But I need to, I'll feel good. And you know, when you feel relief with something that you're setting the right boundary for you. So I say to this couple, you know, I'm I'm not going to go to the Grand Canyon. Yes. And um, the wife said, oh, OK, that's fine. And a little bit later, the husband said, hey, Chrissy, have you ever been to the Grand Canyon? And I said, no well yeah and I was like oh no here I, I have to reinstate this boundary and explain and say like the reasons why and when you get into that like oh. I have to explain myself then the other person is trying to convince you otherwise and yeah. I just thought okay here we are worst case scenario not respecting my boundaries and he walked away and his wife said don't worry about it he just really likes people all involved and do- <clears> having <throat> fun and doing the thing like it's it's totally fun so there are people that are going to be like, oh great, set your boundaries, but there are other people that, and that was a very sweet example. He wasn't mm-hmm. a jerk, but some people bulldoze your boundaries and mm-hmm. you know, just especially want relationships in which they're more long-term, or we already have kind of messy boundaries. Um we yes. really do with these difficult people.
1: Well, I think, first of all, we always need to be willing to walk away. It's like any other negotiation in business, really. If, if you're willing to walk away, you can have a, a substantive uh, negotiation. If you're not, you're, you're going to be the one that gets fleeced. That's how it is in business. And in uh, personal relationships, it's not that different. If you if you always feel like you can always leave the relationship, and a lot of people don't think they can, even with even with your own mother and father, even with... Your own kids, if they're grown kids, for example. Uh, when I say leave, you don't have to leave forever. You can leave sometimes it just is a timeout, you know. It, it can, when the other person knows that you're willing to leave, it, it gives you more power. Mm-hmm. So that, that's that's the first thing. And um, the hardest thing is to start creating healthy boundaries in a relationship, like you said, that's already been going on for a while, maybe years, or since you were a child in the case of your parents. And it's hard then to establish them, but it's not impossible. And I I think that, I think you have to have a meeting basically. I mean, you don't need to say, I'm calling him." family meeting and make it very um, morbid. You can just say, I I want, hey, can we have lunch? I want to talk to you about something. Oh, don't worry. I'll explain when I'm there. And then say, look, I've been doing a lot of thinking or I've taken a boundaries workshop or I read this book about boundaries and I'm going to try um to change our relationship a little bit because as you know you know we always fight about this or that or you've heard you know I've I burst into tears three times this year because of this thing that you do which we've talked about so I want to see if we can change and of course the time to talk about it is when we're not upset with each other mm-hmm. and so to me I've decided now that this this behavior that you do Really doesn't work for me, it, and you already know the reasons. We've been over it. So I've decided this, and then you mm-hmm. say what you've decided, and now and now you talk. What do you think? And if you are in a, the kind of relationship where then the person gets up and walks out and slams the door, or starts becoming verbally abusive, you have a big problem. That that actually actually that that's the heart of the problem is. Is not what you're talking about. This one little boundary is that you're dealing with a bully or someone who is socially um, aggressive for whatever reason, and um, that's when you have to be willing to walk away. Say, okay, well, I tried talking to you about it. I understand you don't want to do it. If you when you change your mind, or if you do, please let me know because I I still want a relationship with you. And then you leave. Mm-hmm. And then they go wow she's serious you know she just told me she's not going to come over for christmas or hanukkah or whatever holiday uh, that they're going to be amazed that you're not there for Um,
0: and it might be just one situation in the grand scheme of things and then you're able to sometimes it has to be a little bit extreme in order for people to take that seriously and I feel like for the most part, people want a reciprocal, respectful relationship. But in some instances, they don't. Like in no. the um, example of like a, a manipulator or a narcissist, they mm. sort of have this grooming process where they're seeking out people who don't have boundaries, people that yes. they can take advantage of. And yes. you don't want right. to be caught on that that end of things.
1: That's right. And there are some people that are so afraid of change and being out of control that if you assert yourself in that way. They will go into a rage and they will, they may never talk to you again, mm-hmm. but that's one less um, sociopath in your life. you know. Right. You... <laughs> well, that, was, that leads
0: to another question that I had, do boundaries mean that you have to cut people off? Sometimes, yeah.
1: Some, yeah. The answer is sometimes, mm-hmm. but certainly not always. And and don't expect that that's what's going to happen because that's probably what's been holding you back to begin with, mm-hmm. is you're like I said. If, if I set a boundary, the relationship's over. Don't assume that, mm-hmm. because if you assume that, the conversation can get very heavy very quickly. So for I'll, I'll just create an example out of the air here. If I, let's say, um, Bob and I are housemates. Bob and I both rent this house, share the kitchen. And if I say, Bob, can I talk to you? And he, we sit down in the kitchen, and, and I, I look upset, and I go, um, I need to talk to you about something that upsets me. There's something that you do, and you know it goes on like that. Now, that, now he's just getting so defensive. I, he doesn't even know what it is yet. But this is intense. Mm-hmm. Jeez, I've never seen Max like this before. And then I say, "You always leave the sponge after you wash dishes. You leave the wet sponge with soap at the bottom of the sink. Why do you do that? It doesn't make any sense. Squeeze the, the sponge out." And let it dry don't leave it there because it just rots and it's like that's all it is you know that's what I'm, but but if he does it every time after you know one year it's it, now i'm upset about it because i've asked him not to do it i could have instead yeah. said to him hey bob i want to talk we're gonna have a sponge talk right now here hey, you <laughs> want something to drink I'm, we're gonna talk about sponges <laughs> we're gonna talk spongebob this is, and now uh, and and you can use a little humor and you can just say "I know we're talking about sponges i know it seems ridiculous just accommodate me for the love of god don't ever do this again and you know and just laugh about it and um don't make it heavy and, and practicing this with little things can make you better at it when it comes to bigger things where it's not just the sponge yes i love
0: that in in couples- in couples therapy, um, there is a, a guy, John Gottman, who came up with these, calls them four horsemen of the apocalypse. And I think that they are true for all relationships. They are um, contempt, criticism, defensiveness, and stonewalling. And he says, if any of these things are present in your current relationship, like you're headed for divorce or disaster, mm-hmm. I think that when we come at things critically or contemptuous, it automatically makes the other person defensive. And you might not be coming at it critically, but they're so ingrained about being defensive about, you know, conflict, and it really takes practice and trust that the other person has, I feel like you should be able to say anything to anyone, as long as you're coming from a kind, compassionate place.
1: I agree. I agree. Chrissy. can I, can I tell you what I think is the most important Aspect of dealing with a spouse or significant others. Please others other well maybe it's others these days, <laughs> but usually it's one yeah. that you're dealing with, and uh, sometimes we want our significant other or spouse to change something that's that is imp- really important to us, whether it's an addiction or aggressive behavior or aggressive behavior with our kids or. Uh, money issues—that's a common one. Uh, but really big issues that could be relationship-ending issues. And you—you you know the person can do it. Let's—let's let's say you know they can do it. I think the way to approach them, uh, like in an intervention sort of way, is not to say, "Sit down, we need to talk." You know that right away—that is, say basically, we need to have a fight. Say, so "Sit down, we're going to have a fight now." Um, but to approach it in a different way and i want you to hear me out because it might seem counterintuitive at first if i sit down with my significant other and i tell her you know this thing we've we've had arguments about before and i i tried to explain to you how important it is to me and and to our relationship how i feel about you i i want to ask you a favor i want to ask you if you would Do something for me. I'm only only going to ask you probably this once in our whole relationship, in our whole life. I'm not going to tell you to do this, but I want to ask you if, if you would do this, make this change for me as a gift to me, as an expression of love to me, because I will see it as the greatest expression of love that you have ever given me since I've met you. It will mean so much to me. I can't even put it into words. And... I would respect you so much also for it it would change this and this and this you know so you express it that way if if your significant other says no to that (laughs) as a couples counselor what would you say christy
0: (laughs) this is probably not the right relationship for you and that's okay i think that people Well, so cling on to something that's toxic and unhealthy because it's better than the alternative of being alone or fill in the blank, whatever it is. But to be truly honest about, is this really a healthy relationship for me? And does this person respect me?
1: Yes, exactly. So let's say the person is willing to do it. Your significant other is willing to do it based on the way you approached it. I just want um, whoever listens to this to notice the way I described it Mm -hmm. versus you need to make this change or I'm out of here.
0: Right, right.
1: That's extortion. That is, that's aggressive. That's hostile. That is not nice. Even, even if you're right that the person should change it, the way you approach it, if it's a, if it's it's a relationship based on love, then remind them how much you love them. Mm Mm-hmm and how much you love each other, and that this is, a, this is a part of your story now, your love story. And if they can change this, you're going to have many more years together. But if you threaten them, <laughs> that's just extortion.
0: Completely different outcome. Well, and <laughs> I think it, it's safe to say that we should expect to be setting boundaries our whole entire life, multiple yes. times with multiple people in multiple ways. Yes. You don't just do it once and then you're absolved. And I'll think to myself sometimes like, Oh, this again, but I've already set this boundary with this this person, yes. but I mean, it's an ongoing process and two, two things I'd like to, two questions I'd like to bring up um, mm-hmm. are I, anybody listening, I really recommend sitting with yourself and just thinking, what is it that I want to see happen in yeah. this situation and why is that important to me? Like yeah. you need to know your why and the reasons for it before you're able to be honest with other people.
1: I completely agree. Yeah. For example, if you, um, if you really go into something like, well, why does this bother me so much? And then if you realize, well, p- part of the reason it bothers me so much, I use the example of my mother used to pick me up from school and sometimes she'd get drunk and wouldn't show up. I'm making this up, by the way. That did not happen to me. Um, And uh, so then that becomes an issue in your relationships, being on time for everything. But at some point, too, you might think, well, how much of this, as as big of a deal as I'm making out of it, is something that I need to change Mm -hmm. in me. It's not all on my partner to deal with this issue in me. I appreciate if they try to work with me on it because they know it's a, tar- uh, a hot topic for me, but I need to help heal this also. I can't expect my partner to heal all the wounds in me. I have to heal the wounds in
0: me. But know that they're going to trigger them.
1: Because yes.
0: that's the point of being in relationships too. We have yes. a lot of growth and healing to do and these things, rather than pointing the finger and being like what you said earlier, this is your fault. You need to change. Like mm-hmm. what is in me that I have some responsibility for, because we do have to be treated a certain way, but we can't, you know, put yes. all of our healing on somebody else.
1: Right. That's yes, exactly. So, and I think a really useful and healthy question to ask your significant other, if there's a a looping sort of conflict that we get into where, you know, where we basically argue about the same thing once a month or twice a month is to say, look, we're getting along great now. We haven't had, we haven't had our, our fight this month yet, but we know what we're probably going to fight about. And you always say that when we, we go through this, you don't like the way I treat you when we have disagreements. But you know what? You've never really told me when you're calm how you would like me to treat you so while you're calm and I'm calm the next time one of us trips over the other one's boundary how would you like me to behave what would be the most constructive thing I could do and they might actually surprise you they might might just say just walk out of the room and leave me alone I'll be okay in a couple hours (laughs) that's it that's all you need to do because that's how my temper is but if you follow me through the house mm-hmm. and keep wanting an answer, I'm going to blow. And that's all. And, and if you abide by that, you, you might change the relationship. But you have to talk about it.
0: The communication is everything. Because some issues, especially in relationships, are perpetual. You're going to yes. have the same fight. And bringing it back to the humor aspect, I had a couple that I worked <laughs> with for a while, and their thing was the wife said, every time we fight the cat comes in between us the cat gets (sighs) upset so their thing was before the cat even gets there like we don't want to upset um whatever the cat's name is so that became their okay let's just this is something that's not going to be resolved but we respect each other enough to not go to the extreme fight that we once would have
1: yes that's beautiful cats are amazing
0: They are. I like uh, Eckhart Tolle in his Guardians of Being book wrote, I've lived with many Zen masters, all of them
1: cats. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So,
0: yeah, I think that one of the main things for people that I would like to take away from this is knowing that you need to get in touch with your needs, state your needs, and then follow through with the action. Just saying yes. your boundaries isn't always enough. You have to have that action step, and and it's work. And sometimes yes. it's like, yeah, I'd rather not do this or I'd rather avoid it. But you you have much more peaceful relationships and a lot less drama yes. when you're communicating.
1: And do it the first time, not the hundredth time, so so you don't get over angry and then blow up and then act inappropriately yourself. The first time.
0: Yes, um, Max. Before we go, can you talk a little bit about your boundaries workshop? Because you will be having some coming up that are, they're accessible via the internet. Now, since COVID, we've really had a lot more access to different workshops and things like that. And I wanted to have you on to talk about boundaries because you have a a little bit more of an intense workshop around that.
1: Yes, it's a couple of hours long. And we, we uh, include a Q&A part where people can bring up their individual questions, which are usually quite interesting because uh, people have such different lives and they'll bring up points of view that we may never have thought of, you know. Um, but yes, it's much more comprehensive than uh, this, this great discussion because we go more into, uh, for example relationship with parents like as a grown person the relationship with your parents or especially relationship- live with
0: them like adult children living at home it's a whole new thing like my sister's yes, a therapist right. and she does family therapy and she just puts her hands in her head and says if I have one more 30 year old that's fighting with their parents about you know ha- needing to have their needs and their boundaries while they're living under the same roof it's difficult and you know what you said earlier our parents What did you say in our training if you think that you're enlightened? Um, Go stay
1: with your parents for two weeks. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Then you'll know for sure. Well, one of the biggest issues with, um, well, how do I say it in a sentence? For younger people who are having problems with their parents, younger people meaning um, 20 and up, uh, I always say this, you have to really examine your own behavior because you're saying that you want them to treat you like a grown adult, as an equal. But I think that's not always true. Every once in a while, you want them to treat you like a child. So, for example, somebody will say, don't treat me like a child. I'm an adult. Treat me as an equal. But I live with you and you buy all my food and I'm 35, you know. It's like, no. I mean, are you paying rent and paying your share of the food? That's what you do. You're a housemate. So you're saying most of the time I want you to treat me like an adult, but financially I'm still a child. Mm-hmm. So that's where the younger person can create a lot of problems where the, they don't understand why their parent doesn't make that shift. And it's because you haven't made that shift yet.
0: Excellent point. So you were saying there are different areas that you focus on in the workshop.
1: Yes. Thank thank you. So it was um, dealing with uh, boundaries and um, romantic relationships and parental relationships or grown children that are living in your home, not paying rent. um, We uh, cover a a broader spectrum and give more examples, but I love the the topic of boundaries and it's, it's uh, always, people take a lot of notes in this workshop and that's why, that's how I usually.
0: And I had a couple of clients take it as well. And after in their therapy sessions, both were like, he was speaking directly to me, you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how common our, our issues are. We're, we're not so different.
0: No, and they're universal. You know, these yes. are, you know, ways of living and being. And I think that taking that, the, if there's one word, it's just respect. Respect yourself. Respect other people. Yes. Really and
1: humility. Say- I would add another word, Kirsty. I would add humility because I would say you might be wrong. Don't be so self-righteous and self-assured that you're absolutely right. You've been wrong before. You might be wrong now. So a little humility and respect. Yes.
0: Excellent point. An excellent discussion. I always enjoy having some time with you and we'll we'll have to do it again. I would
1: love to. I always enjoy talking with you, Christy. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Max. Thank you for listening to Conversations to Connect with Gretchen and Christy. If you like our show, want more information, and want to connect with us, go to our website at www.conversationstoconnect.com and follow us on Instagram. We hope this episode has given you some useful tips to create meaningful conversations in your life. If you feel like you would benefit from talking with a therapist, one resource is www.psychologytoday.com, or you can contact your insurance company. See you next time.